Season 2, Episode 15 of Dad's Right. We are back in Ontario. Dylan flew in yesterday. I did.
watch cartoons yeah or it may think it's a kid's show and for the first three-ish seasons you're right but then it gets real good and look three good seasons out of seven it's not bad four out of four to seven of good seasons it's more than 50 percent of the show yeah and then even some of the episodes of season three are good so it's mostly a good show you just got to push through all right well moving to bad times ellen's bad year continues uh after her sort of fall from grace in the show she now has tested positive for covid so hopefully she recovers from from both the problems i always enjoyed the ellen show although i guess i probably wouldn't have enjoyed working there yeah i i hadn't heard that she had covid has covid yeah how'd she get covid uh, was she hanging out with the president i don't know was she near rudy i'm not sure <laughs> i would think it's pretty hard for her i really need a pop filter on this mic always i hear it way more in this mic than even the one in edmonton that i use yeah maybe this is a better mic or maybe it's a worse mic i don't know but i always whenever i make a p i hear the p Uh. and i'm like ah crap i imagine she lives in a pretty big house and she'd be able to properly socially distance are you doing it on purpose now yes (laughs) for sure yeah ellen covid Yeah, hopefully she gets better. Hopefully everyone with COVID gets better, except for Rudy. Yeah, I hope he gets better, too. I don't want him to die. I just like him to be sick for the rest of his life (laughs) and miserable, because it's kind of earned it. And speaking of COVID, on Thursday, there was 3,000 COVID deaths in one day, which was a record. And we just, I mean, let's remember, and this is, you can't go backwards, obviously, so I can't talk to the people a month ago or so that got it, but even right now... There's a vaccine, but it's not widely available and won't be widely available. If you are just a normal person, listen. if you are not the president or a frontline worker or old listening to this podcast, you'll be lucky if you get it before the summer. So, you know, I, we, you still have to take your regular precautions. Yeah, I, I think a little bit sooner than the summer, to be honest. I think that the things that I've heard say have everyone vaccinated by May. Which would be nice. It'd be nice. Uh, we'll see if that happens. But, I mean, your, your, your point still applies. Yeah, I mean, June, summer. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's, if it's a couple days late. Yeah. Also, the other thing, you know, when people are sick, 3,000 people dead. Uh, Trump recovers. Rudy recovers. Rudy was on, the, on saying, you know, oh, he got this medicine. He felt great the next day. How come more people don't have that? Like, obviously, there's some medicine that's a pretty good treatment. If those two that are not exactly the picture of perfect health can recover that as quickly as they did. There's medicine that is there that they just aren't giving to people. Probably because it's expensive. So they just let 3,000 people die because it would be too costly to keep them alive? Maybe, but also it affects people differently. Maybe it wasn't as serious for Trump and Rudy yeah, but, th- I mean, they both are in that... The high-risk zone. Yeah. But we were talking last week, Chuck Grassley, President Pro Tempore of the Senate, 87, doesn't get much higher risk, asymptomatic. Yeah, I guess so. But all, every... Okay, then if you go down that road, did anybody in the White House have a tough version? Maybe not. That would be awfully coincidental. Yeah. Or they're all just getting better treatment. Yeah. I, you know... I just realized my headphones have been off this whole time. Oh. <laughs> I've just been listening through my ears. Oh. And I thought I sounded very quiet and you sounded louder, which is strange 
even if my headphones are off off yes and it doesn't seem to change much now anyway but they were off and are now on oh okay anyway doesn't matter it's strange but maybe i mean we don't know how all the staffers are doing well you would have heard i think if it was any sort of serious repercussions yeah but also most people recover from covid yeah and if you think of the, 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 the technically small percentage of people that... Even though it's 100% of the people at the White House, it's yeah. a small percentage of the population. Yeah. Exactly. So... Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they both recovered very quickly. And they wouldn't... You wouldn't have think they would have. So I would, suge- well, I would, yes. I would say they got some sort of special treatment that the vast majority of the population yeah. aren't getting. And maybe that was just constant care. Maybe. But there was right, like, like some sort of drug. Focused I, on. I think it was some sort of drugs because Rudy said he got some sort of drugs and yeah, but Rudy he lies felt great. His ass all the time. Well, that's true. <laughs> like he always talks out of his ass. You can't trust a thing that man says. How the heck did he used to be mayor of New York City? Good God. Who knows? You got anything else? No, that's all. All right. I saw today that the. Average Canadian owes a dollar and seventy-one cents for every dollar they earn. No, sorry, for every dollar they spend. What's that mean? It means for the for the. Is that interest? No, no. It's the average Canadian's debt is a hundred and seventy-one percent of their disposable income. So it is sort of every dollar they earn. I suppose. They're spending. I don't. I don't quite understand. They owe a dollar seventy one for every dollar they spend. So if they stop spending, they don't owe. Like I don't understand. No, I think it's just a comparison of how much people report in disposable income versus which I would count as you know how much you earn minus taxes and basic bills. So you have that much money, and then you compare that to how in debt Canadians are. The average Canadian are so that probably went up quite a bit in the last seven months. That it's actually it is up, but it is down from last year. Really? Yeah. Well, that must be because people are spending less. Last year it peaked at I think a buck eighty nine, or it might have been a buck eighty one for every dollar of disposable income, but now it's at a buck seventy one. That's surprising. Yeah, because I because housing is taken out of the equation, I guess, so people don't have any money to spend. Yeah. Yes, okay, so the debt ratio rises to 171 from 162 last quarter, but still below peak of 181 in 2019. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's there. there. It's, in case it wasn't clear, this is, this is how the CBC article words it. Statistics Canada said household debt as a percentage of disposable income rose to 170.7% in the third quarter. Up from 162.8. Okay, so it's of disposable income. That's what which I said. Which is, yeah, but it doesn't say that here. Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> it, you're right. Yeah, so that's not good news that it went up, but I suppose it's not. I'm shocked that above. it's not the highest that it's ever been right now, but I think it's because there's no disposable income, so yeah. people aren't spending. It could be that, you're right. And I think it's bad news as long as it's a over 100% of your disposable income. Yeah, it didn't... I uh, mean, years ago, it didn't used to be, but the stuff was, I guess, cheaper. But still, I... No, no, no. You used to save for stuff. Now just people buy stuff. No, it's because, comparatively, wages have gone down. 
Yeah, well, inflation has is, is gone. Prices have risen faster than wages has risen, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Um, Although somehow inflation still stays at, like, they reported at sort of 1% or 1.5%. Yeah, what, well, what do you buy? What do you buy that's only a percent and a half more? <laughs> How do you figure that out? What voodoo is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's probably just companies jacking up prices and making even more profit than they were before that. The other good thing about the other mic is it has like a a, a, wider, a wider thing. So I, when I move my head more, there's less of you're going into the going, distance. Yeah, distance, exactly. Distance. With this mic, I need to stay like really focused in one spot, which I'm not good at when I'm talking. I'm gonna move it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were good at it before you left. You're just out of practice. I don't think I was good at it before I left. Before I left, I was thinking I was worse than I am today. Actually, before you left, I think you pulled it out of the thing yeah, and did. normally had it in your hand. And that led to I a did. big whoop on the thing. And there yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. But then I'd like lounge about and like sometimes I'd like hold it down here and then like might get like off to the side. Like I think it was still bad even though that's what I did. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to put it back in the holder. Yes. <laughs> I should have been quiet and then I could have edited that part. Of it. I still might be able to. We'll see. <laughs> In other news, if you have, well, I would suggest it if you have any phone, but especially if you have an iPhone, open your COVID-19 app to make sure it's working. There is a glitch in the iOS software across Android and iOS that has led to some apps not alerting people if they've come into contact with COVID-19. But it works if you open it up? Yes, like it registers, but it doesn't give you a notification. You gonna check? Yeah, I'm gonna check. Of course, I'm gonna check. <laughs> the bug, do, do people just have their notifications turned off for it? No, no, it was a bug, and it has been mostly fixed for Android. And they focused on Android first because the, they Android had a worse problem than iOS. But now they're focusing on iOS, but it is still not fixed. So check. I'm checking. No exposure detected. I should check. That's good. You have not been near anyone who reported a COVID-19 diagnosis through this app. That's good. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. No reporting yet in my area. What? You're here. Oh, you know what? Is it still Alberta? It is It is still Alberta. Oh, okay. Which has its own app. Change province or territory, Ontario. Well, I hope I hadn't, you know, when I was in the airport or something, I should have changed that right away, but I forgot I had to. Yeah, I just thought it knew where you were. Yeah, that would be... Smart? Yeah. Like a smartphone? Yeah. Knows you know, where you are anyway? Every other every app other. knows where I am. The problem with this app is, because they were... They knew people would be worried about the privacy. It's mostly doesn't doesn't keep track of anything like that. Yeah, it's just looking for other devices where that says I'm a po- like just other devices have will say I'm positive. Yeah, so it doesn't keep track of any of your information where you are, things like that. By and large, when it comes to things like this, I think people are too concerned about the privacy because the average privacy is at the window. Yeah. But especially, I trust the government with my information more than I trust most companies because I'm not important enough for the government to care about. And the funny thing is, this is what Stephen Colbert says: like people are worried that the COVID vaccine is Bill Gates wanting to install you with a microchip. And he said, "My microchip, I already have one. It's my city." Pulls out his cell phone. I carry this everywhere I go. They know exactly where I am. Why would he bother to microchip me? I take this with me everywhere, including the bathroom, especially if it's a long duty. (laughs) Then he says, can you say long duty on CBS? (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's a valid point. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, it doesn't make sense to be concerned if, if you're not concerned about other things. If you have a cell phone, then, you can go ahead and not worry about the COVID vaccine. Yeah, because, it's like, put a microchip in me. It's just like another thing, you know? Like, you're not going to know any more information. Your blood type, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, if you haven't put that in your phone. I hope somebody knows it. But no, I mean, I think the average person isn't important enough to be microchipped, so they just need to calm down and lower their self-worth. <laughs> I don't know that's good advice, but no. this was bad times for, for a specific woman in PEI named Christine McDonald's, who ran a, and still runs for now, a uh, home, as, as, like a, as she was self-employed as a baker for cakes, like specialty cakes. Oh, like get you out of jail cakes with files in them and stuff? <laughs> no, like weddings and anniversaries oh, okay. and graduations and stuff. Gotcha. And her business really suffered from COVID-19 because people weren't having parties. Yep. So she she was told by a bunch of people to apply for CERB, and she really wasn't sure if she would qualified. And so she did a ton a ton of research, and everything she found said that if she was making five thousand dollars a year, over five thousand dollars a year from self employed income that she lost, she qualified for CERB. Yeah. She applied and she got it, and now I think it was this past week. It was last week that she got the notification and only got the news this week. But she was informed this month that she has to repay $18,500 in CERB money to the federal government by the end of the year. How did she get so much? I couldn't get that much. I don't know. I don't know how she got so much. Maybe maybe there's some extra like fines or charges or something if the government telling her she can't apply. But she has to pay $18,500 to the government by the end of the year in the next two weeks. Or what? Like She gets one of those calls. I I mean, I, I wouldn't, they aren't going to do anything. It's, it's a bit of posturing. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know her situation. Uh, maybe she'll go to jail. I mean. The rules, they won't send somebody to jail for that. The rules of, of the CERB, I thought were relatively straightforward. It was a checklist you had to check every time you applied. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what was, I don't know what was wrong in her specific case that she has to pay it back. And I don't know why it would be any more than 12,000 because you could only get six of them they were 2,000 each six yeah, times two is be, 12 it must be some sort of fine but it is and you can definitely I mean that's just the first Savo from the government you can always appeal things like this if you think you're in the right well the, her whole thing is going to be making Christmas very difficult and do you have to like couldn't they wait till after Christmas I don't know they maybe could have waited till the January but yeah Okay, on November 26th, she received a letter from the CRA saying that she never actually qualified and would have to pay back all the money she received with the, suggest- oh, with the suggestion she do so by December 31st to avoid tax penalties. Oh, there you go. So she has to avoid tax penalties. So I misreported a little bit. But the reason the CRA is saying McDonald didn't qualify comes down to the word net. She applied based on her gross income for 2019 before deducting allowable business expenses, such as banking supplies and a portion of her household heat and electric bills. But the CRA says that in order to qualify, small business operators like McDonald's needed to have net earnings for the year of over 5000 In other words, that much in earnings after expenses were factored in. I didn't, I, yeah, I guess, the pro, I guess the problem was they want to make sure that the small business earners are actually small business earners. But she is. yeah. I mean, if you can show that you're a legitimate small business, that, that that's how you make your money, then, yeah, she should 
if that's how if that's her only source of employment, why, I, I never understood why it mattered if you made less than five thousand dollars beforehand. Yeah, it should be if it's your only source of employment. If it's your only source of employment, just give mm-hmm. her the money. Who cares? Yeah, and I saw the NDP are fighting in Parliament. P P P P P NDP in Parliament. The New Democrats in the House of Commons were uh, uh, fighting, saying that the Liberals shouldn't push too hard. On. In some cases, I mean, in deliberate fraud cases. Get on it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. This I, is I, not deliberate. This is obviously at, not deliberate. Yeah, fraud. I, I think by and large, you really need to look at it case by case. Yeah, and, it's going to take some time, but and and I kind of agree. The NDP said that COVID clearly wasn't clear, or the CERB clearly wasn't clear. And I've I've heard that from a few people. I mean, the rules did change multiple times, and I think it was harder for like small business owners and such. But whether you agree with that or not, I think if you lost a significant portion of your income due to COVID, you should be allowed to yeah, keep. Yeah, I, I never got that rule either. To me, it, it, like if you didn't make five thousand, well, if you didn't make five thousand in three months, I don't know what. That's not much of a business. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's there's only that means it's less than twenty thousand a year. You're living off that. That's your yeah, entire uh, income. Well, her husband has a job. Okay. Yeah, but. Her personal income was twenty thousand a year, basically yeah. off cakes. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that sounds legitimate. Why not? Uh, I yeah. mean, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I hope the best for her. And then, lastly, thirty-five people have tested positive for COVID at a Cargill meatpacking fa- plant in Guelph. Now, Cargill was the one that we said high level, but was actually in High River. Yes, I've heard so many Cargill. I hear a Cargill's outbreak like. I think I've heard one every two months. It feels like maybe they aren't following best practices. I know, because you don't hear it from many other companies, but you always hear it from Cargill. <laughs> I don't Are the cows, do the cows have it or something that they're bringing in? Like, Calvid? Calvid? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, Cargill's clearly a mess. They're rough, but um, yeah, I hope those people get better. All over the world. Do you want to start us off with this one? Sure. Now, this is only kind of half of a story yet, because we'll get the rest of the story tomorrow, and I guess we'll talk about it next week. But uh, Jeremy Corbyn, the former leader of the United Kingdom's Labour Party, who was was embroiled in scandal um, for most of his tenure over accusations of anti-Semitism. Some people maintained that he was anti-Semitic. Some people said that he tolerated anti-Semitism. Some people said he just didn't move fast enough to get rid of it through the Labour Party ranks. He sternly maintained that he wasn't anti-Semitic. I never, I, I honestly, I didn't, I don't know. Because he was very critical of the Jewish state, specifically their treatment of Palestinians. And often, whenever a left-wing party criticizes Israel's treatment of Palestine, they are called anti-Semitic. That is simply not anti-Semitic. Bernie Sanders, a Jewish man, has been very critical of Israel's treatment of Palestinians. There are many left-wing Jewish individuals who are critical of... I have friends uh, who are Jewish who are critical of Israel's treatment of Palestinians, but are supportive of the uh, Israeli state as like a concept. But, you know, standing up for anybody's human rights is not inherently anti-anything so i think that's where the basis started 
but I never really, I wasn't paying enough attention to him in the beginning of his leadership. And then by the time I really started to pay attention to Jeremy Corbyn and, and hear about these accusations, he was kind of ousted as leader. And, uh, and also it's the UK. So I third on my list of, of where I'm paying attention to. So I miss things sometimes. So I never know. I never really knew where to land, but I know even after being kicked out as leader uh, and replaced, he was still in a bit of turmoil. He was briefly kicked out of the Labour Party, and then he was brought back in in this, but uh, in sort of like an exile. So there's currently like the Corbyn left-wing socialist part of the UK's Labour Party, and then the um, and then the leader of the Labour Party, Sir Keir Starmer, leads what is currently being seen as a more moderate part of the Labour Party. But I think that's just his approach to leadership uh, as more moderate. Because he was, before Corbyn took over, he was considered one of the more left-wing members when you compare to, like, Tony Blair, you know? So, anyway, this is all a roundabout roundabout way of saying that Jeremy Corbyn announced that tomorrow he is going to be giving an announcement. He announced an announcement. Why? Uh, He's quite excited. He didn't say, but he said it's exciting. So a lot of people... Stay (laughs) tuned. A lot of people are speculating that he's going to start a new party. And I have to say, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. Because... It'll split the vote. Yeah, and the UK uses first-past-the-post like we do. And the reason that the Conservatives, despite... I don't know if anybody remembers, but the Conservatives were in a minority government negotiating Brexit. They were incredibly unpopular. And they were a mess because they were making a mess of Brexit. And then they went to an election and the Conservatives managed to walk out of that with a majority gaining many seats, breaking what was seen as the Labour's red wall in the working class areas, largely because Labour's infighting, because Labour was a mess. And now you're going to introduce another uh, left-wing party to split the vote? And, And I mean... The Labour already fights for seats in Scotland with the Scottish Nationalist Party, which is like a left-wing Scottish Independence Party. And normally either Labour or SNP gets those seats. But if you introduce a third left-wing party, I mean, I think Labour can forget about its shot at any Scottish sheets. Um, And the Conservatives might even start to make gains in Scotland because of that as long because that's how first past the post works you know yeah maybe anyway it, it, i i think it's likely that that's what he's going to announce and i think it's a bad idea um but we'll see uh, just because he announces it doesn't mean it's gonna go anywhere it could be the, the people's party maxine bernier yeah situation exactly that's true he's um, he's pretty my understanding is he's kind of an idiot jeremy corbett yeah he's very popular with a large portion of uh, I don't know uh, Labour's base. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I know some people who don't really like him. I know some people who really do like him. How oh, old yeah. are the people who really like him that you, who don't like him that you know? Um, my age. And the people I know who like him are my age. Huh. I think it's you know a generational thing, and uh, Labour relies a lot on youth vote. Oh yeah, any left wing party does. Absolutely. So I think it's risky, but anyway. Speaking of Brexit, didn't think that I was going to have to be dealing with that again, but the deadline for the EU and the European Union to reach a post-Brexit uh, trade deal has passed, and they didn't. However, 
Boris Johnson and... Um, today is the deadline. I thought yesterday was the deadline. No, Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, today's the deadline. Sunday is... Uh, are they ahead of us? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably yeah, so past, it's past now. It's past yeah. for them. Um, but both Boris Johnson and uh, EU President Ursula von der Leyen, or something like that, have both agreed to do like a final push. I don't know how long they're going for, but like they said there's still some significant disagreement. And if there's still significant disagreement, are you really going to get to a deal in like, what, another month? You've been negotiating for a year. Yeah, but deals are always done at or past the deadline. Same with any sports negotiation, save like the CFL because the players know they have no standing. But most deals, you know, the teachers every year here, like most things end up either in some sort of strike or work to rule, like it goes beyond the deadline and then it ends up making a deal that everybody knew they were going to make anyway. And that's probably what this will be as well. Yeah, maybe. I think that if... I think the EU personally has the upper hand. Yeah, I I don't know. Because they might risk some economic issues, but I don't think it will really hurt them because they're a more powerful economic bloc than England by itself. The EU, as far as powerful economic blocs, you have Germany, and it gets thin. Yeah, but like... It is a. It is many, many countries. So even if it's yeah, smaller, many, many countries sucking at the teat of Germany. <laughs> yes, but still, you bring them all together. That is the point of that kind of union. You bring them all together. They make. They're one of the biggest markets in the world. The EU. Yeah. Still. Oh, they're a huge market. Yeah, but it's a problem. I mean, you you have places like Greece that let people retire. At, 40 with a full pension and you know what i mean like it just can't happen yeah, as no, much I, as it's nice i know if I, you're in greece you want to be sitting on a beach drinking a ouzo and eating seafood but it just doesn't work long term for the country i'm not saying the eu doesn't have problems it does that's not but that's not my point my point is the eu is a bigger market than england yes so england is losing access to that bigger market and the eu is losing a smaller portion of its market but the other thing for England, but, but, yes, England is a more stable market that the EU is losing access to. But the other big problem, but England is losing access to a big market, and but they they aren't they aren't losing access to it. They just won't be able to treat it like it's their own country anymore. Yes, which is a big deal economically. Yeah, it'll get tariffed. It'll get the stuff will get the yes. stuff will get, and England will be more hurt by that than the EU will be. Maybe. But the crux of my point is not that. It is the fact that England is going to reignite some Irish troubles because Ireland wants that open border and because Ireland is part of the EU still. And if England's not going to have that, you know, part of what helped settle the Irish problem was that Ireland and Northern Ireland were separate-ish, you know? They were separate, but there was no hard border. There was open market. You could, because everyone was part of the European Union, you could, you know, live in Northern Ireland and work in Ireland. Like, there was freedom of movement. It almost functioned in every way that matters in people's day-to-day lives. Like a country. Like one full country. But as soon as, and it's called the Irish backstop or something like that, or backdoor stop or something like that. But as soon as they leave with no hard agreement, that stops happening. Yeah, that, that is an issue. And... 
And the Irish are going to get pissed because they are quick to anger. No. <laughs> Just give them some potatoes and some whiskey. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's tell that to Margaret Thatcher and uh, the the royals they assassinated. I think the it'll be interesting because because you're right that that is something that that will definitely change. Like there'll there'll be there'll be customs. Yeah. Between the two islands. Yeah. Or that it becomes one island part of the EU. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they'd have, they would push for Irish unification, but England's not going to want to let go of Northern Ireland. Yeah, probably not. But, and I mean, I don't think, I don't England, think we're going to get back to the, like, the, the troubles. troubles. I don't know, man. Has this year taught you ne- not, has this year not taught you to never say never? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say never, but I just feel like, like I just feel like, you know, over the last like we're not gonna, 40 years, we've sort of evolved from that. And maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We're not going to jump right there. But like, as soon as you put a hard border, the friction might begin. Maybe. And then build over the next decade or two. But it is a, it is a serious problem. And England can't deal because Ireland's part but of the EU. Eng- Indian, England can't have an individual deal with Ireland. Right. Like they can't just negotiate a free trade deal with Ireland because Ireland's economy doesn't function independently. That's part of the rules of the EU. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I wonder if there'll be a border there tomorrow. Yeah, like somebody going to work has to go through customs. <laughs> They're like, "What the heck is this?" It's like some guy in like a cardboard booth, and yeah. he's like a lever to control like one of those arm things. It's just his arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't. They have a box coming in tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Probably not well. Uh, you know, Boris Johnson heading one side of that makes me not hopeful. And lastly, Germany is hiking up restrictions as we get closer to Christmas because they can't seem to get their COVID numbers under control. I wonder what that feels like. But yeah, they are shutting most of their stores. There are tight limits on social gatherings and you can no longer sing in church. And there is a ban on firework. Nobody can sing. I guess you maybe you can hum the tune. I don't know. But And there's also a ban on firework sales. I, I don't quite get the last one are people <laughs> licking their fireworks before they set them off uh fireworks are i i think i mean I think promote gathering where yes for new year's right um so but you can definitely fireworks is something you can definitely have an event and social distance you don't it's not like you need to be close yes but i think in I fact think it's frowned upon yeah no, I think they are, you know, just doing everything they can and really, really tightening. Yeah, that must be awful for their economy, though. I mean, I bet you stores will go under. This is the one season where you know a lot of a lot of companies make fifty percent of their profit in the last two months of the year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It will be very bad, and most of this goes into effect on Wednesday. Schools nationwide will also be closed or switch to homeschooling, and most non-food stores will be shuttered. As well as will businesses such as hairdressers that have so far been allowed to remain open. Restaurant takeout will still be permitted, but no eating or drinking can take place on site. With the exception of Christmas Day, the number of people allowed to meet indoors will remain restricted to five, not including children under 14, because as is a well-known fact, children under 14 can't get COVID. (laughs) And the sale of fireworks traditionally used to be celebrated the new year will also be banned, as will public outdoor gatherings on New Year's Eve. So no... No public outdoor gathering, zero. But my question is, when you're outside, how far apart do you stand when it's no longer a gathering? 
Yeah, I don't know. Because if I'm walking through a park and I'm constantly like, 12 feet away from somebody, how is that any different than me and five friends getting together in uh, some sort of open space and standing 15 feet apart and setting up some fireworks? Yeah, it's no. that's what I'm saying. It's no different. It doesn't make any sense. That part, that last one didn't make sense. Yeah. I don't you know. don't have to be close to fireworks. It's not like you're playing cards. It's not like you're sitting there playing euchre. Yeah. You know, but I you mean, can... they're, they're, it's combined with a total outdoor ban. Yeah, but it, but you don't need a total outdoor ban. Maybe maybe you need a total outdoor ban in areas where you can't stand more than like, like for people with small backyards. I guess Germany's know? small. Yeah, less crowded. Yeah, less big parks. Anyway, that was one of our longer all over the worlds. And, and I, I haven't even gone yeah, yet. Yeah, that was just my part. <laughs> well, I, mine will probably be shorter, but... Uh, Despite the fact that your notes are longer. <laughs> the Mexican archaeologists have discovered a facade of an Aztec tower made of human skulls. Like a facade? A fake one? Uh, I don't know. I guess they mean front. Does that facade mean front in this case? I think that's a like a architectural term. Oh. Like a facing. Uh, like like our house is like a facade of bricks. Didn't but it's that. built with wood. Yeah, I, th- I didn't know that. I could be wrong, but that's what the article said, or it copy and pasted wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what the article said. Anyway, I'm just thinking, did, did they not have bricks back then? Because anything built out of skulls is going to be creepy. That's just our culture. We just culturally interpret them as creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess the Aztecs didn't consider it creepy. I guess not. Like. You know, it's just when you're when you're raised around it constantly, who cares? Sure. Other cultures would probably consider eating meat creepy. Any sort of certain aliens who come, you know, you're eating the dead flesh of a formerly living being creepy. That's not the same as building a... Not to you, but it might be indistinguishable to... You're burning the remains of uh, your ancestors in your car. Uh, odds are, it's it's more likely like dinosaurs. Yeah, but still, it is the it's bones of well, it's not bones anymore, but it is the same, some of the same basic components. Yeah, but they aren't ancestors. Yeah, but you get my point. They are unrelated. <laughs> not they can't be totally unrelated. I think they're totally unrelated. I don't think we're related to dinosaurs. I don't think humans and dinosaurs are related. Don't think. I think we have. I think we probably have. I saw an episode of Star Trek Voyager that said we had a common ancestor. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that that's true. Uh, maybe I, in the sense that I guess everything started from one, from from sort of one basic building block. I guess somehow, somehow, they're 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 very distant cousins. Then, but like very distant. But do you take my point? The ones you don't talk about. No, you're wrong. It's creepy. <laughs> Bringing up stuff we've talked about in the past, a surfer was attacked and killed by a shark in Hawaii, forcing a surfing competition to be suspended. Another shark attack. Death. In Hawaii. I'm just saying, not incredibly rare. It's fairly common. It's not common, but it's not rare. Yeah, but... There are many other things much more likely to kill you. Yeah, absolutely. That, animals. I, that wasn't my point at all. That wasn't my point at all. A hippo is more violent than a shark. <laughs> it 
and they're hungry, hungry. <laughs> but the shark thing happens. It happens. That since we've had that debate, it's happened like two times and we're still in the same year. Twice in how many months? I don't know, four or five. But I'm just saying, that's it happens. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is sharks have a worse reputation than they deserve because more people are killed by hippos every year than yeah, sharks. Yeah, but I don't remember. And hippos are considered fun. I, I, I don't know if anybody considers hippos fun. I think hippos are fun. <laughs> The, 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 I don't remember what we were originally talking about about sharks, but they do attack people. I just remember occasionally, that bit. yeah, but so do monkeys and cats occasionally. Yeah, it, it depends what sort of size cat you're talking about, but most of them did just leave a nasty scar. There's some wonderful videos online of um, it's a British show where they make fake robotic animals to go interact with real animals. It's hilarious. Huh? You can watch like little clips online. And there's one where they had little a little fake turtle go interact with a bunch of chimps, and the ch- and chimps, which are not territorial selfish creatures, they share amongst their little monkey groups, started fighting over it. Like as a toy or as a <laughs> yeah. pet? I, we don't Did know. Did they name it? I don't know. But one of them, one of them eventually won, stole it, ran away, had to beat at monkeys that it was that were reaching for it and chasing it, and brought it to its little. I'm sure nest isn't appropriate word, but the area where it sleeps. Home. And like, yeah, put it in its home and then sat on it for a while. That is funny. It's hilarious. Anyway, that's off topic. I am going to watch it, though. (laughs) Uh, Carbon dioxide emissions had a worldwide decline of 2.4 billion tons in 2020, which was a record drop. Not quite the drop that we need to reach the goals by the target date of whatever the paris accord target date is i can't remember 2030 2035 something like that but a good drop nonetheless and but but probably mostly i mean imagine if we didn't have coronavirus what it would have gone up no but but we 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 definitely wouldn't be where we like we're we just this is a record drop it's a little bit short of what we need to do and the world shut down for six months (laughs) What's going to happen next year? I don't see how we're going to get to the goal. Well, that's the thing. We need, we can't, because what we did is we just stopped, right? What we need to do to keep things going is transition to green, green alternatives. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, whoever set these goals wasn't realistic. I think they were. It can be done. You just need to transition. You can't trans tra- you can't transition in a year. We okay, fell well, short this year. Yeah, well, and we shut down. Well, for we needed to sixty six percent of this year. I just I just think you know we say Paris Accord is only two years old, three years old, whatever it is. Well, yeah, no, but there was the Kyoto Accord before that, which Stephen Harper brought us out of. Uh, we can't talk about the climate emergency anymore in terms of realism. We need to do something drastic now, or die. There's no realism anymore. There's no, oh, well, you can't do it in that time frame. We don't have a choice. People need to get that inside. There is no option but to do something drastic and hard because we've been talking about this for 20 plus years and we still haven't done enough. If we wanted to do this nice, easily, slowly, we needed to start in the 90s. Yeah, it's a bit like the contract negotiations. Nothing ever gets done. (laughs) Everybody's a procrastinator at heart. Yeah. It's so so how are we going to do it? If we have to shut down the world, that's obviously what we have to do because the other option is destroying the world. So you need another pandemic next year to keep the keep the carbon dioxide emissions down. The the Russian coronavirus recipients were told 
that they were not allowed alcohol for two months after receiving the vaccine. Uh, a couple things. One, uh, does vodka count? Do they know? Did they, <laughs> did they clarify that? And secondly, did they tell them before they got the shot? Because I'm betting they didn't. Because I've, I've been to Russia. I'm thinking they would have said, hey, you get the shot, won't get COVID, but can't have alcohol for two months. They're like, yeah, I'm okay. I'll take my chances. Well, yeah, they wouldn't be taking it. So not, yeah. <laughs> I, I was there, the office I was in was a, like a legit respectable office, and at lunchtime there was a bottle of vodka on the, on the kitchen, <laughs> on the dining room table. Like there's, this is, so I just, I, I'm sure, I am sure they'll say, okay, but they will still drink vodka, because to them that is not alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> that is water. I told one of my um, Alberta friends that they don't have Costco liquors in Ontario, and they were blown away. Yeah. Cause the, and this person knew that it was public, publicly owned in Ontario, but they just, just, didn't, just couldn't imagine a world without Costco liquor. Yeah, it's a sad world. <laughs> and finally, four lions at the Barcelona Zoo tested positive for COVID. Now, uh, from what I could gather, the lions are not wearing their masks, but most people are managing to stay six feet away from them. So it's okay. <laughs> Most people. Yeah. Well, you only get within six feet once. Yeah, it's true. And then COVID is the least of your worries. <laughs> then, it, you know what? I've heard uh, getting within six feet of a lion is a sure way to guarantee you'll never get COVID in your lifetime. Or get attacked by a shark. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, TNT, here we go. To begin, the border with the U.S., is remaining closed for another month, bringing it to January 21st, 2021. And I imagine this will be the last one-month extension because Biden gets inaugurated, supposedly, on January 20th. So then maybe there will be one more one-month extension, but once it gets negotiated with Biden, we're probably going to get to like a six-month deal, you know, because he'll be more reasonable, presumably. And that's pretty much all I have for Trudeau. Yeah. Is it? A, I mean, it's barely closed, though. People are... It's maybe closed to you and me, but people are workers, going back and forth working. Uh, workers can cross. And, and, and if you're going to Alaska, you can come. Yeah, whatever. I think it's closed to the majority of people. Yeah, maybe. Also, speaking of Biden, and this goes under Trump... He Oops. is due to be officially elected president by the Electoral College tomorrow. Fingers um, crossed. I think it'll happen. I think, you know, Biden won all the Clinton states and they were mostly honest. Um, so that'll be fine. And then he won Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania and they'll have Democratic governors. So they'll be fine. And those all those get him to 270. If there's going to be any fishy business that goes on, it'll be between, be between Georgia and Arizona. And even then, I doubt it will be all the electors. If it is, does he still have enough to win? Uh, yeah, 270. If all of Arizona and all of Georgia go Trump, but every other state he won wins all go Biden, he gets exactly 270. Now, there are the occasional faithless elector, like some of Clinton's electors were faithless, but they didn't vote Trump. They voted some third-party candidate. Kanye? No, not in 2016, no. But even then, say some of them did 
vote for who they voted last time, not Joe Biden, but then not Trump, Trump would be stuck at 269, and you have to legally get 270 to be president. So if neither of them got 270, that would be some sort of constitutional crisis. They might have to go into re-election or it might go to the House or something. Like That's probably Trump's best hope. But, but even then, I think at least some of Arizona and Georgia's will be honest and vote Biden between the 27 uh, electors they have between them. Is that is that on TV? Because it would be, it will be it will likely be the most watched elector co- electoral college vote ever. I would think because there's, there's actually people that uh, yeah, I don't think are concerned TV. about it. I don't think it's on TV. It's not on C-SPAN or something. I don't think so. That seems like probably going to be the highest rated program at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I but I don't actually know for a fact. But yeah, that's what I got for Trudeau and Trump. I was a relatively, for everything I was paying attention to, it was a relatively quiet week. Well, I have nothing under Trudeau for me. He had a, yeah, I guess he's not doing much. Although, Parliament rose. Like, they're not sitting anymore, so I guess. Yeah, why should they? Much. Yeah, It's not, nothing important happening. No. Nothing going on, really, in the world. Yeah. Take some time off. Exactly. You deserve it. <laughs> Rudy says the legal team will continue to fight despite being shooed away from the Supreme Court. The court dismissed a suit led by Texas, but backed by 17 other states, which is disappointing, and 126 House Republicans, which is disturbing, to overturn the elections in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Rudy says they need to refile in lower courts because the court because the case wasn't rejected on its merit, it was rejected, rejected on standing. But Trump is running out of time. As as you said, the Electoral College meets on Monday. Hopefully that puts an end to this, but we don't, don't think so. I don't see him... They can't... They don't re-vote. No, they just wanted to give it to Trump. They, they want... What Texas is saying, from my understanding, no, is... No, I, no. I know, I, know, I know that. But my point is, once the Electoral College votes, it's done. Like, the Electoral College doesn't then re-vote. No, it would need to be flipped by the courts. They could rule it invalid? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what their hope is. I don't know what their hope... The lawsuits are crazy. Like they they don't have for logic. I'm sorry. They don't have any stand... I I should know better. But Texas was basically saying that their constitutional rights were violated because Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin allowed more mail-in votes than they used to and resulted in Biden getting elected. More democracy? Biden getting elected. You violated our constitutional rights by engaging in democracy. (laughs) How dare you? But they're like, like, we got... They said they were injured by this, by having (laughs) Biden elected. I heard him say that it damages his... By, like, Texans' desires... By, I guess because they voted for somebody else, um, or something like that. But that's a stupid argument for the obvious reasons. But also, Texas was tighter than 41 other states. It went more Democratic than it did in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, it still went Republican, but it keeps going Republican by a smaller and smaller margin. But I gotta say, 17 other states signing on to this obvious joke of a lawsuit and 126 house republicans that's kind of crazy I, I still don't get entirely 
why people are hanging their hats on on Trump. Like he he because, has lost because they need his incredibly loyal base to keep voting for him after he's gone. Once he's out of the public eye, whenever that is, be it next year or in if six that years, is, it won't be. Even if he even if he loses, he's once, not going to be out of the public eye. Well, he might be. You know, when he's like dead, maybe. Which which could be in like a decade. Um, but he's you heard what he's doing for inaugura- inauguration day? No, he is leaving the White House on taking a last flight on Air Force One down to Mar Lago or whatever his golf course is down there, and then doing a he's setting up like his own mini Oval Office or something and doing a a speech. Uh, greet the, I don't know, some sort of speech from from there. Well, well, uh, Joe's getting inaugurated. Who cares? Do you think he, do you think Air Force One's going to come back in pristine condi- condition after that last ride by Trump and his cronies? <laughs> yeah, probably not. I Honestly, if I were Joe Biden, I'd just burn it and get a new one. <laughs> Maybe the whole White House. Yeah. Just like that might, because at some point, repair is just not worth it, you know? Just burn it down, destroy it entirely, and get yeah. a new one. It just it, one of but Trump's big things was the repaint job on Air Force One, though. It's like you don't want to waste that. I think it was already wasted. Um, but you know what? I want there was one other thing I wanted to talk about in Trump while we're on it: the Georgia runoffs. Right again, just checking in. You know, John Ossoff and David Perdue still maintain a lead, a slim lead, in the polls. In polls that got Georgia surprisingly correct over the republicans and democrats i think are putting a lot of hope into this but i have to say i don't no i think they're gonna lose i think i i think i think i think they'll both lose i think that's likely i think best case okay well best case scenario they both win it's unlikely but you know best case scenario John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock win. Their problem right now is that, you know, it's a runoff, so there are no third-party candidates. So to win, you have to get over 50% of the vote, and nobody's polling over 50. There are too many undecided voters that will break Republican. Republican, absolutely. That's a Republican state. They're going to vote Republican in the end. I, I think that another likely scenario that's probably best case that's within reach for Democrats, Democrats, is Raphael Warnock beats Kelly Loeffler, and then John Ossoff loses to David Perdue. Because David Perdue is more settled. Kelly Loeffler is seen as more of a Trump ally, uh, and Georgia clearly just rejected Trump. Uh, she has less experience. She was appointed by the governor. She is the richest senator, and CSO is generally seen as less connected to the people. She doesn't um, seem all that... I mean, maybe... I, I shouldn't say... I shouldn't say she doesn't seem smart. I don't know. She's definitely a weak speaker. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. She was appointed. This is actually her first time running for office, right? I think she was a bad choice. But uh, everybody has a first time running, but yeah, but you often lose your first time. Yeah, but but you can also be a good orator and not win. If you you need to be able to come off, you need to be able to talk to a group of people and convince them of your points and you know inspire and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And she she doesn't. No, 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 not at all. And so I think she has seen Raphael Warnock leads her more than John Ossoff leads David Perdue. 
And so she is seen as having a harder battle to fight. I don't know. I mean, the thing, it's a surprise that we're having two runoffs. I think people kind of thought that Raphael Warnock and Kelly Loeffler might go into a runoff. But a lot of people thought David Perdue would win on the first ticket. So the fact that he didn't maybe speaks well to Democrats, his chances, because, you know, they already beat the odds once. But I don't know. What is the, why is there a runoff? Uh, It's just Georgia state law. If no senator wins over fifty percent of the vote on election day, there's a runoff. Okay, and and the and the you just drop off the other candidates. Yeah, just the top two make it. Okay, and you drop off everyone else. So, is there a lot of runoffs in Georgia? Um, I don't think so, but they've also generally benefited Republicans. It could be. Then it could be if you look at. I mean, I don't know who else was running for senator. Were they more? Were there more, like, farther right people or were there farther left people? Like, wh- what? who voted that now is available to vote for one of these two? Yeah, I, I never really paid attention, much attention to the David Perdue because it was considered sort of like a lost cause for Democrats. But looking at the Kelly Loeffler, I know she was running against one other person and the race between the two of them, the person she was running against claimed she was not right-wing enough. And so the, their race sort of became... Because there was like three, right, so that means she's going to win. Um, their their race became a race to the right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, but so she's not right wing enough. So the person that got dropped off is even farther right than her. Yeah. So they, those votes aren't going to go to the Democrats. Yes, they're going to go to her. But those people could also just not vote. So is it fifty percent of voters or fifty percent of registered voters? Voters. Oh, okay. Otherwise, you'd never. Otherwise, get nobody 50. would ever be. Yeah, exactly. Would just be in constant runoff. You never would get somebody if it's fifty percent <laughs> of registered voters yeah. have to vote for you. Um, no, it's it's just fifty percent of voters. I don't know. I, I I agree. I honestly think that the most likely outcome is two Republican senators. I think it's possible that we get Raphael Warnock and David Perdue, but it's going to be very unfortunate either way because unless both Democrats win, the we get two more years of Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And I don't want anybody... He's rich. Do you know he was rich? Rich McConnell? Yeah. Of course he's rich. Yeah. He's probably spent his entire Senate career getting himself richer. Shocking. I, I don't want anybody to... I don't wish death on anybody, but some of these people need to retire before I do. <laughs> uh, on his on his way at the door, Trump is looking like he's going to be handing out pardons like Halloween candy. At one point he said he would give a pardon to anyone who talked to me, which is not a high bar. No. Although it kind of is. Yeah, who wants to talk who to him? Who wants to talk to him? But do, you think, do you think that means, I think that disqualifies Mike Pence. Maybe. <laughs> but, like, somebody, to get a pardon, don't you already need to be convicted of something? You can't pre-pardon people. I thought people. so. Like, but Giuliani, he's trying to do it for Giuliani, Kushner, yeah, but he's and his not, kids. But he's not, they're not convicted of anything, so what can you pardon them from? I don't know. I guess it's, I guess it's like a Catholic indulgence when the Catholics gave out indulgences. They, you but know, I you, don't think that's what this is. You don't think it functions the same way? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. That was my Obama. <laughs> I, I, it seems to me like you can only pardon someone once they are convicted. And I am no... Or, or accepting a pardon is, a, is an admission of guilt. Or you, you just... Well, that they could do. They could, they could quickly go to some, some court, uh, admit to a bunch of things... 
everything. Yes, I shot JFK. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that was me. And then get like a card. It's you. It's not like Monopoly. Trump There's, doesn't write a get out of jail free yeah. card that you put in your back pocket. The problem, the the, the issue with that is if. Trump has future aspirations for office, which most people say he does. It would not look good for his family to be convicted of a bunch of crimes. I don't think he does. I really, I, I you don't think he'll run again. I don't. I do. I don't. I just I don't do. think. Maybe as uh, an independent. No, he'll run again. No, as I, a Republican. I don't. Will. I don't. I don't think so. I. I really think once he's out. He will stay out. You think maybe he plans to, but then will lose interest? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, like once he's, once he, right now, right now even he might think he's going to run again. But once he's out, he's lost. He's been through all that. Do you want to go through it again? I just, I, he's, he's going to come up with a reason why he's not going to run again. He was cheated out of the last one. I'm not running again. Or, you know... No, I, I just don't see him doing it. I really don't. Yeah, well, we'll see. You're right. Could happen. And could not happen. Trump attended a packed Hanukkah party, gave a speech. Guess what? Guess what it was about? Hanukkah? What What a lovely holiday it is. How he lost the election. Yeah. How he was cheated out of it. No. Oh. We're going to win this election. Oh. Yes. <laughs> how he's going to win the election. How he did win the election... How- and he's going to win the election. How he's going to win the election that happened? Yeah. And he lost? Yeah, that one. Uh, okay. It's about how he was going to win it. He, he did win it. And he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't say, he never, he says he lost. And he says, I don't like to say I lost. We won. Yeah, if you stopped at halftime, you won. <laughs> and then I put this in Trump because they're two of Trump's favorite channels. But Newsmax has beaten Fox News Channel for the first time in the ratings, which ultimately is probably a bad thing. I mean, it feels, it feels good, like it does it. I, it I feels like, good. I like to see Fox pummeled. It feels good to see by Fox. Newsmax by somebody. Yeah, well, I guess it would be kind of like David Duke beating Donald Trump in a Republican primary. It's uh, not fun. It's yeah. the it's a bit of the devil, you know. Fox is Fox is at least Fox has like your Chris Wallace's and yeah, whereas semi respectable. I mean, I think you lose a lot of respect as soon as you decide to work for Fox. But uh, at least they're semi-respectful. I think Newsmax is. I think news is a uh, is should be in quotes in their name. <laughs> Newsmax. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Maybe All right, closer to fine. Don't have much here, but I gotta say, I one article that I read sort of made me chuckle. Police officers were called to the Las Vegas airport uh, about 1.30 p.m. because a, a man was arrested after investigators believe he jumped a perimeter fence, climbed onto the wing of a grounded commercial plane. And then there's a video of him walking around the wing of this plane. And it's got one of those tips on it that, you know, those flare tips that go flare mm-hmm. up and flare down. I believe those were invented by a Canadian, by the way, save jet airliners a ton of money and fuel consumption but no oh. anyway he's he was uh, trying to mount it or something i don't know what he was trying to do to it but it's a pretty funny video and it you know they say what happens in vegas stays in vegas 
except when it goes viral on the internet. Yeah. Then it goes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, uh, police said impairment or mental illness is suspected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's good to be... Oh. I mean, I'm surprised this could have been written into the hangover, like it's that yeah. sort of thing. Maybe he was roofied or something. I don't know. But man, he looked like he was in pajamas. It was pretty crazy. That's hilarious. And that's all I got. Yeah, I just want to. I, I want to say with our very close show, closer to fine. I don't know about you. I don't think I don't think it was a particularly bad week. It just wasn't anything particularly closer to fine worthy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess everybody's sort of waiting for this vaccine to hit and see yeah. see if the start the numbers start to declining the the vaccine getting into i mean that could have been put here as well yeah. Yeah, there's things that could have been put here but they just got put else, elsewhere absolutely and and i i think it was a quiet and of course week. you have christmas coming up around the corner so everybody's busy with that and then also you know what the christmas plans are coming like what exactly is going to happen in the face of covid over christmas so it's a it's an it's an interesting time but not necessarily a fine time it's a sort of uh maybe not stressful but but at least some some difficult decisions are going to be made yeah and now the end is near parting thoughts and i i've been doing this over oh to make use of my covid time uh, we have an elliptical machine and i've i joined this app called ifit which uh, you you run sort of all over the world and then you have trainers that are running with you so they sort of run in front of you or sometimes they run behind you mm-hmm. and there's different trainers and they do different things and right now i'm i'm i've learned a couple things one uh slovenia and croatia are places i want to go which they're pretty I, I did not know before that and yeah like they're stunning stunning like uh architecturally um landscape ingly <laughs> uh it's just stunning stunning places that are just out of this world beautiful so i, I definitely want to see those two countries and I'd, i i've heard croatia was nice but i didn't quite realize the level and i i didn't really know anything about slovenia really you're not having tons of fascinating conversations about slovenia in your daily life typically no that's shocking so yeah and it it, it might be even more stunning than than uh than croatia T- today they were we were running through uh the capital i can't remember what it's called start with an l but they have this church or castle they have a castle at the top of the city there that's a thousand years old like it was built it, this city was this city was ruined by the huns in 400 ad or something like that oh, like wow. it was run over by the huns in 400 ad no it wasn't so Anyway, a couple things I've learned just just today. A couple things I learned from one of my one of my favorite trainers named Tommy Rivers. Although sometimes it says Tommy Rivers Pusey, and sometimes it just says Tommy Rivers. So I, I don't really know, but I'm gonna say Tommy Rivers. So one thing you know, like terracotta roofs. Yeah, terracotta. It literally means baked earth. Yeah, cooked earth. Cooked earth. Yeah, I knew that. I did not realize that. <laughs> Pretty cool. Also. The tops of church doors, you know how their arches gets to a peak? Yeah. It's so you know the Jesus fish? So it's combining circles and the circles convergence is uh represents a man and God, right? Or person and God, I guess would be a better term, but he said man and God. And then that that those two converging circles are made into that 
the the Jesus fish, okay. right? And then if you take that fish and you put it on its end and cut it off, you end up with that archway at the top. And so that is a portion of the two cir- represents a portion of the two circles of God and man oh, converging okay. as you walk into a church door. Cool, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that some is some cool symbolism. Mm-hmm. And he was talking. There's some stuff about Baroque architecture. Did you know Baroque was basically the Catholics' response to Protestants' architecture, which was very plain and very simple. So the Catholics wanted to to stand out, so they went like very flashy. Yeah, they so. make they make good cathedrals. Yeah, and things like that. But even just the houses, that Baroque period, a lot of yeah, you know. F- Fleur de lis and things that stand out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of flash. Oh, anyway, interesting stuff. But and, and also just found out because I'm I'm doing these th- these things were filmed quite some time ago. To give you an idea, most people aren't even wearing masks in them. So I, I'm jogging through Slovenia and uh, and I, but I just found out Tommy Rivers has a rare lung cancer and he's he's recovering in the. Well, not recovering, but he's in the hospital. He's now well enough that he's hoping he can get a, a bone marrow transplant. So, all the best to him to to pull through. Uh, I don't. I don't. That was in November. It was the last article I read. Oh so, wow! Yeah, yeah and this guy was a was an ultra runner. I mean, super healthy guy. No, oh. he's he's running. It's funny. This is the other thing that's kind of funny. Is you know you're running and he's like tells you the level. He's like, okay, we're at forty or fifty percent. And make sure your heart rate is no more than 75% of your max. My my heart rate's always over 75% of my max. <laughs> it's never... I need to be walking if it's sustainable <laughs> 75% of my max. Anyway, over to you. Uh, yeah, I, I have two things. One, I was just sort of thinking about this this week. I think anybody who's listened to maybe one episode of the podcast can probably notice that my political leanings are fairly left-wing. No, I didn't. I thought it was balanced. <laughs> so I wanted to take this moment because I wanted to mention something that I very firmly believe in, but my side motives are I want to give myself more credibility by bashing my own wing of the political spectrum for once. I get very annoyed by my side of the spectrum, the left wing, over two things. The first one is there's a lot of exclusivity especially the further left you go and by that i mean there are people who if who are like a democratic socialist and they'll look over at a social democrat who are like one step to the right and they're like you're the same as a fascist if you're not a democratic socialist you're horrible i hate you and you deserve to burn in hell because you're single-handedly responsible for all the deaths of capitalism and it like it's a bit much, you know? Yeah, I'd say it's a lot much. But. Yeah, it is. It is. And, I, and that's a bit of an exaggeration to make a point. But it is true of the left wing that the further left you go, the more that sort of group you are in thinks that anybody to the right of them is the exact same. And that is just factually not true. And you're never going to get anything done that way. And you also, it's a problem when you start to make it personal. It's... Right, like if you, if yes. you, it's not personal. It's your political beliefs, whether they're in line or out of line. You know that the person probably has has. And now, now, this is 
I'm talking about political beliefs, and what Trump spouses, I don't believe, is political beliefs. So I, I, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But, but as far as polit, you know, as far as political beliefs go, uh, I think everybody's just trying to do what they think, what they honestly think is best for the country. Maybe there's a few in the states that are not, but up, I think in Canada, for the most part, it's starting to get more like, like it's starting to get a bit like, like down south, but. In, in, at least general, I think people are doing be, doing it because they think it's best. That's what they believe is the best option. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and so I think and and the further I think on both fringes, the further you go, the more it starts to become like personal. It's I think it's just such a problem because the right, especially in Canada, the right more or less united, and that allows them to win governments. The reason the left has such problems is because not just vote splitting, but they can't present a united front and a united idea. If the left, by and large, managed to agree, like just get together and work together on something, they could probably get a lot done. I think you just need to say, you know, as much as we disagree on so much, here are the things we disagree, we agree with, let's get together, work on those, and then once they're done, if we want, we can go back to hating each other. You know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem that difficult to me. But, apparently, it is. And that annoys me. The other thing is, when people on the far, far, far left, especially in Canada, who I believe are different than, and when I say the far, I mean communists in Canada, defend North Korea and China and the Soviet Union. Because, and this annoys me because I look at what these parties preach, uh, like the Communist Party of Canada, and I think it is very different than what was practiced in the Soviet Union uh, and what is practiced in North Korea and China. Yeah, it's not really, it's not really communism. I mean, nothing is, nothing is letter perfect to the definition in the textbook, but... When you like in real communism, there isn't anybody that stands out. So if you have a a leader that doesn't need to line up for toilet paper as long as everybody else, then it's not communism. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I agree. But then, but I see these communist parties who claim that uh, you know it's a Western bias or it's lies and stuff. And I'm like, you have firsthand accounts of people who lived through it. Who are claiming this it happened just agree with it and i think that you're you're better off saying we condemn the actions of north korea china and and the soviet union and that is not what we want instead of defending them because we all, you're not going to win any arguments that way you know no it makes it makes your party irrelevant yeah i mean it already is irrelevant but i just it's it's willing blind ignorance and that annoys me when i do believe and this might come back to haunt me if I ever try to go into politics, but I do believe that some of the basic ideas behind what some communists believe, like the right to housing, the right to eat, the right to electricity, the right to have your basic needs met, is something I agree with. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, it just doesn't, I mean... I mean, the, the way we go about it, I disagree with them. But their fundamental ideologies... But that's the same as the... Uh 
Like the, you don't have to go all the way to communism to get those ideologies. No, I know, I agree, and and I don't think you should. But but that's another point of mine where I say you like the a big swath of the left wing agrees with that. Come together, get it done, and then go back to fighting. Yeah, over what you actually disagree on. You know, I just I just reminded me of one other thing. So Dan Price is a CEO of a company called Gravity Payments. I believe it's in California, but I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Mm-hmm. So. Five years ago, he was making uh, $1.1 million as a CEO, which is not out of context with other CEO salaries. I'd take it. And, and uh, he had some staff that were, I think their starting wage, they said, was $35,000. And, and people were struggling, and people were, were leaving. And he thought, he, he read an article that said, basically, at some point around seventy five or seventy or 75000 People are generally happy. So he introduced a minimum salary of $70,000 at his company. And he did this not by cutting anyone's salary except for his own. And he went from $1.1 million to $70,000. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure he had some bank. But yeah. he, from then forward, from then on, he made 70000 So, I, I mean, I'm sure there's been raises and stuff over the years. It's been five years. But there was just an article, a follow-up article that I read today, and five years later, this because COVID that hit and and they were in trouble, and he got the company together and said, you know, this was, this is the situation. We're bleeding millions of dollars a month, and you know, if this continues, we're only going to last four more months. So they had, you know, they said, let's have some ideas. So one of the one of the person's ideas was anonymously write on a piece of paper not anonymous like somebody would know but not you don't announce it to the company yeah uh how much you're willing to leave on the table like what percent you can take less for four five six months to keep the company afloat so eh, they hummed and hawed and that's the end that's the end the idea that they ended up going with and then he got all these papers and there was seven or eight people that said they'll work for free there was 12 or 13 people that, that said, you know, it'll be 50% or more than 50%. And, and an, almost, it was something like 90% had some percentage that they were willing to give back over this time. So he brought in some rules. Nobody gives up more than 50%. And, you know, if you don't make, uh, there's also, oh, the other thing, oh, well, I'll finish off this first. So if, if you don't make a, a certain amount, like at 70,000, uh, you only gave up thirty percent. If you made more than a hundred, then you could give up up to fifty. They made some rules, but but then you also, if you if that's not what your paper was, then you only gave up what your paper said, so that everybody got by. And then a few months after that, they were able to get back on track, and now they're doing well again. They also have a maximum salary in the company of two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. That is um, maximum salaries are commonplace in many other countries outside of the the West. I think that's a good idea. I also think I, I love it depends that story. On the, it depends on the ownership of the company because the money's going somewhere. If it's a profitable company, it's going somewhere. Maximum yes. salary, fine. Then it goes to the, it goes to the owner. If the company makes ten million dollars and you're only paying two million in salaries. The rest of the money goes somewhere. Well, you should raise people's salaries. But they aren't necessary. The money is going some like the, they maybe, but it's going somewhere. That's yes, all I'm saying. No, I know. But, but, but what I'm saying is maximum salary forces you to put the money somewhere else besides your own pocket, which is a good thing. Unless you pay it out in dividends, because that's not a salary. Yeah, there are ways around anything. My point is, I love this story, 
And I think it backs up my argument that I've been making, which is left-wing economics, which that is, not only is good for people, like it's the humane thing to do, it is the best form of economics. Like it makes economic sense. He also was saying he was very, uh, his business, so since the company put in the 70K minimum wage in 2015, business tripled, staff who own homes grew by 10 times, 401k, which is the RRSP of the U.S., contributions doubled. 70% of employees paid off their debt. Staff having kids soared by 10 times. Turnover dropped in half. And 76% 76 of the staff are engaged at work two times the national average. Yeah. The only downside to doing stuff like that is you're not going to be as you personally, the owner, are not going to be super rich. Uh, he's a, I don't know a, if he's the owner, he's the CEO. Well, whatever. He's not going to be super rich, but your company's going to do better. You're still going to be... like I'm sure he's back to making close to a million dollars by now. Well, I don't think he makes more than 235 Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a cap. Whatever. Still, 235 is pretty good. I'd take 235 a year. And I don't know. I just think it makes such good business sense. And it's so good for people. I don't see a reason not to do things like that. He also had a thing that he said where they somebody asked him, you know, if, if Amazon came and were to poach one of your top performers and offer them a, a bigger salary, would you match it? And he said no, because he didn't want to participate in that game. He didn't want to, you know, he has his salary structures set up and he's going to keep it the way it is, which I thought was refreshing to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just, you know, I, I think it's a safe bet. I think that people will stay with a company that looks, that they feel like looks after them. Yeah. I know lots of people who uh, who work at Costco, and that's pretty much why they stay, even if they don't actually like the job, they feel like the company looks after them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it just makes good business sense, these sort of like left-wing policies. Well, it works here. So good for Dan Price and... Uh See how see where it is in another five years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I have, I have two more stories. The first one is that amongst Disney's announcements, they they made you know I talked about the ten Star Wars TV shows. They also made a bunch of Marvel announcements and a bunch of like regular Pixar Disney movie announcements and stuff like that. And one of them was they are going to make a Buzz Lightyear movie. But they can't not have Woody. But, but yeah, well, well, here's the thing. It's not based off of Buzz Lightyear the toy in like the Toy Story movies. It it's is live action? It is <laughs> I would I would pay to see that. Um but no, uh it is they're making the movie that Buzz Lightyear the toy in Toy Story is based off of. Oh so so like before Toy Story. Yeah. Not not like it's not a prequel cuz it's not connected to Toy Story, but it is the, yeah, it's the it's the Buzz Lightyear character in the movies that the Buzz Lightyear doll in Toy Story is based off of. Right, okay. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it could be. It's Good like premise. A, yeah, it's a creative way um, to disconnect yourself entirely from the Toy Story franchise uh, in terms of lore, but um, you need to, uh, but you're still going to gather all that Toy Story audience. Is it Tim um, Allen? No, I think it's one of the Chris's. Oh, okay. Rock? Uh, somehow I doubt it. <laughs> um, but uh, be good. <laughs> it would be great. But it's uh, I I it's gonna be interesting. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, I could it could that one could go either way. I think absolutely it could be horrible. It could be. 
But yeah. it also could be good. It could be. Yeah. You know, the Disney writers have got something going on. Like they're they don't have many complete flops. They don't miss sometimes they miss a little bit, but they don't often miss the board, you know? Yeah. Although it also like, you know, it's going to be like you and I might not like it because it's going to be aimed at younger audiences. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any cursing. Yeah, no. Uh, but That'd be I, good, I too. Mean... <laughs> um, R-rated. Rated NC-17, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, anyway, I, I'll see it. I'll watch it. See if it's any good. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I think it's probably a year out. TV show or movie? Movie. Probably years out, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. My other story, and this was just a gift in these dark times. The Beaverton, if you don't know, it's important for the story for you to know. It is a comedic fake news website where they just... Proudly like, fake news. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's Canadian. They just a bunch of comedians make up fake news articles, release it in like, like their real news articles. They write but, it like an article. Yeah, like they write like a whole news article. But it's but one hundred percent false. Yes, and funny, and like purposely funny and outlandish. Right, or so they thought. <laughs> so they have this. This is from the past week. They have this headline: Conservative Party slams Trudeau for not doing enough to combat anti-vaxxers in Conservative Party. <laughs> funny stuff. <laughs> Two days later, the National Post, a real newspaper ish, uh, with real stories ish, released this real bit of news conservative mp Derek sloan's anti-vaccine petition a symptom of liberal failings says aaron o'toole <laughs> you couldn't get much closer <laughs> it's almost verbatim like, first of all it's aaron o'toole's fault for keeping sloan in the party but yes it's i mean it's generally bad form to kick out people who you ran against leaders with because it looks like you're just bitter but i think we could have made an exception for Derek sloan yeah and why why would he <laughs> it feels like starting a petition for something like that you should get permission from your party first yeah right but also is he convincing anybody of that aaron o'toole yeah yeah like, is anybody buying that well, what what is his what i mean i'd have to what is his point how is it? How is, how it, is it the liberals' fault? The liberals' fault. It's your fault that people in my party are stupid. <laughs> it's, everything we do that's bad, it's because of you. That's crazy. If we hit the mark. It's totally by chance. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible, and I was just so happy. And both Aaron O'Toole did the Beaverton notice the national they did their next uh that later that day they posted they're just their next post they didn't post an article they just posted their old headline next to the national post's headline <laughs> <laughs> that was their day's post that's fun were the stories similar <laughs> did you read both stories I didn't oh. um but I imagine they were <laughs> yeah but I uh, what a gift and I just love when you know conservatives get caught before they actually do it yeah that was good it's well, like wait, I was just before we finish. Yeah. It's like uh, if you go back and watch Veep, some things that happened in Veep happened in then happened in the Trump presidency. Yeah, and that was considered completely outlandish in the show. Yeah, it was crazy stuff. But, but even down to there was an election in the show where 
at the end, they were desperately waiting for one state to finish counting to find out the results of the election, and that state was Nevada. <laughs> and it was, and and they switched their chant halfway through, right? Like they. Yes, were yes, yes. Yeah. There was another one where when they were going for Nevada, and that they had protests where uh, Selena Meyer, who is Julie Louis Dreyfus, um, in the show, they they were like count every vote count every vote and there was counter protesters saying stop counting the votes stop counting the votes and then uh selena meyer finds out that the new ballots that they found in nevada that they were going to count were largely for her opponent so she calls her guy leading the protesters and tells them to switch (laughs) so then they they kind of like slowly move (laughs) over to the stop counting the votes and then the stop counting the vote people notice and they kind of shift to the other side (laughs) and they totally reverse and it's the exact same as like what was it pennsylvania versus arizona uh Uh, no michigan 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 was like we're the same side it's really funny uh Watch Veep um, until the last two seasons. Last two seasons aren't very good. All right. Well, thanks for listening to season two, episode 15, and we will talk at you again next week.